my entitled thieving jerk of a friend has been using me for friendship just so he can steal my games from my collection. So I decided to get some revenge by meticulously documenting how many games he owed me as well as several other kids on my street. And as a result, he was forced to pay back myself as well as all the other kids that he stole from just to avoid a very serious lawsuit. And I've never been more satisfied to put someone in their place in my life. Here's what happened. Okay, so first off, this story is going back a long way, but I was encouraged to put this up, so here we are. Back in my years at high school, during the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 era, I lived with my grandmother because it was closer to my school than my mother's, who at the time was self-employed and now is a successful SEO developer. I was not popular in school, but had a closely knit group of friends on my home street. Myself was included with 10 kids on the street. Six of them were pairs of siblings across seven houses. We all played games, we all completed games, but the amount of games we could get was very different. Now, being the kid with the most, I offered that if anyone wanted to have a go at a game at my house, I would let them. Now, I also have OCD, among other things thanks to a mental disorder. That meant I used an Excel spreadsheet to record what games I own, if they were bought brand new, as well as the price that they were bought at. And I had dealt with people misusing my friendship in school just to steal from me, with my grandma coming in to save the day. But my main hobby is games, so when I started going to high school, I started pen marking the inside of the game covers, and I would mark the white side of the cover that no one would see. This doesn't affect the resale value. I would also jot the mark down in a notebook with a reference to the game name, while also noting if it was new or pre-owned. I would, on occasion, lend a game with the express direction that if you borrow it for more than two weeks, I would hound you to get it back. People rarely borrowed from me, since what they wanted to go on, they could do so at my house. Fast forward, and about at the age of 14, games would suddenly start going missing. Losing one was not new to me, but the frequency of games that went missing had increased, so I set out to have a test. I bought a second notebook and wrote down where each game should have been, editing it only if I moved it. And sure enough, my copy of Final Fantasy X was marked as lost, and it was at that point I realized the worst. One of my friends was absolutely using me and blatantly stealing my games. I knew if I asked anyone on the street about it, whoever was doing it would stop and would most likely never be caught. Fortunately, the ball was not rolling on certain things. While gaming magazines were certainly a thing, it still wasn't that big in my neck of the woods for anyone other than me to be using it, and I kept it that way by helping anyone on my street with information about video games. Bear in mind as well, the internet was not so readily used as it is now, and a PC did not mean internet access. A PC was just a workstation for schoolwork and PC games bought at a store. If you had internet, it either came with dial-up and was used by one person in the house, or you used the Sky Internet keyboard to search using your set-top box. Secondly, and most importantly, it was a 15-minute ride to town and a two-hour drive to the nearest city, and the difference was that in-town did not have a game station. The two places that sold and traded games in town had one policy. The game must come with a box, the disc, and the game manual. I spent an hour removing every manual I had from the games and storing them in a box under the bottom shelf of my set of drawers. That way, if someone really was stealing from me, they would not be profiting off of anything I have. Eventually, I could glean information from outside sources that the three sets of siblings on my street were innocent. The first group, who I will refer to as the sisters, their mother came and helped my Myself and my grandma clean my great-grandmother's house on Saturdays. I would ask what they're playing on, and if a game that went missing came up, I would ask them 
oh, when did you start on that? And I would do that for two reasons. For one, their mother was kind and I didn't want to upset her. And secondly, I wanted to avoid showing suspicion. However, it was responded with, oh, well, I bought them. Or basically them saying that they bought it when they were in town. So I knew right away that the sisters were innocent. The second pair, I'll refer as the twins, got whatever they asked for within reason from their parents. So there was no doubt that they were innocent. The third group, who are the brothers, had a younger brother who couldn't keep a secret. And I was very good friends with him. I helped him with his schoolwork, made up the difference if he couldn't quite afford a drink or a chocolate bar, while also making sure that I was an ear for him to talk to, and so much more. And also, I didn't trust the other brother beyond friendship. So if the older brother was playing anything that was missing, I would know and I would know entirely how it happened. So again, they were innocent. That left three boys on my street of varying age, who I only know on a one-on-one basis. If I had suspects, it would be them. Over two years of maintaining the facade that I was blissfully unaware, I kept the helpful nature up enough that no one ever questioned my gaming source. And sure enough, games kept going missing, but I was looking for something. No manuals, no trade-ins, meaning no extra cash towards the latest games. I had actually been waiting for one of the games to go missing that people had seen me play and wanted to play. A game by the name of Vex, which is a game similar to Mario 64, but replaced the stars with hearts is the one I'm referring to. One of the hearts you could earn in the game had copy protection on it, meaning that the answer to that one was in the manual. And this was a common practice before the internet was really a major thing. And sure enough, a month after finishing, it went missing. A week later, a boy my age, who I will refer to as the thieving jerk, asked me how to open the chest in the whale. I said to him, oh, well it's in the manual. The thieving jerk replied that he had no manual, and that it was bought at a car boot sale. But after I heard that, in my mind, I had got him. His parents never went far in town, so he never went to the city to get any kind of games like that. And there had not been a car boot sale in nearly four months. So that's when I made my play. The thieving jerk went to karate practice on Tuesdays between 7 and 9, and I waited until 7.10 and went to his house with my grandma, with my notebooks, printouts of my records on game purchases, and a document. And I will get to that in just a moment. After a brief talk of disbelief, I asked if I could prove if their son was stealing. Now, with them thinking that I wouldn't find anything, they absolutely let me. I walked over to the copy of Vex that sat in the front room. I showed them the inside with no manual. I showed them my notebook and lifted the cover of the game box, showing a signed pen mark that I used next to the notebook with the same pen mark on the inside cover. While they were stunned, I took this opportunity to pick up a second and third, point to the pen mark in the book, and then move the label accordingly to show an identical copy. When the mother saw this, she went white. I asked if I could see if there were more in the house. Shocked, the father complied, and after 20 minutes, I had 30 plus games on the table in front of them, all with missing booklets, all with pen marks on the reverse of the label that matched the inside of the notebooks. But the best part about it, upstairs on his PC desk was a note detailing who had what. When I showed them the note, you could see the rage building in the father's eyes. While my grandma talked to the mother about what could happen next, with her basically threatening legal ramifications for thievery, and that now that this kid is 16 years old, he could be tried as an adult with the right judge, I decided to show the father where I found the note, and he found folders of the records of games owned by others, and when he had acquired them, and how much he had traded them in for. Yes, it wasn't just me. Over several years, he had been stealing games as far back as Mega Drive era, playing on them until he was done, and then trading them 
in as his own to pocket the cash. He had only started with me a few years back when my grandma had allowed me to move consoles downstairs for friends to go on, on the condition that it was only when I had friends around and only one console at a time, with only the games we were going on to avoid making a mess. Going downstairs, I laid out the document I had saved until now. It was a document that myself, my grandmother, and my mother had laid out, detailing that I would not take the evidence I had to the police on the condition that every game wrongfully taken, and if in the event that this couldn't happen, then the full price of the game when I bought it would be returned to my grandmother within six months' time. That way, it could be returned to the rightful owners in one form or another. Now, when it comes to this document that was written up, I had to thank my mother here for the genius thought of wording it in such a way so that in the event I wasn't the only victim, everybody involved would find justice. Both parents looked at this document and signed it. I signed it and my grandmother signed it, and the four of us waited at that time. We talked over how we would handle this, agreeing that I would take the folders home and do the research on the retail price on any missing game. When the thieving jerk returned, the look on his face was priceless as he stared at the folders and piles of games. In the time, I had called my grandfather to help us carry the games and the notes down the street back to my house. Before leaving, we informed the thieving jerk exactly what was going to happen, which was all much to his dismay. Now his house is four doors down and across the small one exit street. At the other end is a garden and a modern train line that runs through the town. From 9 till 10, I could hear the father yelling at his kid, even as the 915 train went past, all while I was going through the records on my PC, scanning them in with a very basic scanner by today's standards, and it felt great, and I found it soothing as I combed through everything. That weekend, I printed off several copies of the agreement and documents listing what had been stolen from each of my friends or pairs of siblings, as well as how much they were worth and when to expect the money. I returned the folders and gave the parents a copy of the agreement with a value of how much he had stolen from all parties, as well as what could not be returned. They told me they would pay it and it would come out of the thieving jerk's savings and allowance, and this would be for the next four years. Both me and him were 16 at the time, and he would be in his first year of university before he paid his parents back. And unsurprisingly, the karate trips absolutely stopped. Once they had closed the door, I pulled several envelopes out of my bag and made the rounds on my streets. Every kid got one of these envelopes that held the information relevant to them and a copy of the agreement. To my surprise, it took two weeks for every penny to be given to my grandma, using the records I gave each of my friends with exactly how much they were owed in an envelope to avoid any prying eyes. Once that was done, I waited till the following Monday and handed a copy of the agreement to my school. Like most schools, mine had a system that duties would be delegated to the most trustworthy and well-behaved of the students that both me and the thieving jerk were on. The thieving jerk was removed from that list and the staff knew that he was an absolute jerk. On my street, he was removed from the circle of friends, we wouldn't talk to him, and he wasn't welcome at street events, and most certainly not on any trips. In school, he wasn't even allowed on any field trips because his father wouldn't sign the permission slip. After that, I didn't change. And sure, we were one friend down, but none of my games went missing ever again. When I turned 18, I moved because of college to my mom's house, but I had only used up the money returned to me by then to buy a new Xbox 360 at the time. My mom keeps a framed copy of the signed agreement in the office, and I keep the original framed in my office to this day just to remind me. Unsurprisingly, after finishing high school, he and his parents moved away, as it was quite clear that the kids and parents alike wanted 
wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Seriously, the original poster is like Batman. Like this gave off Death Note vibes of how detailed and organized you were. You say you have OCD, but honestly, that really saved your skin. This allowed you to have a detailed, organized list of what games you do and don't have. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. You're passionate about games. It's fun for you. Like, why would you not want to be involved and have a good time? So it's really cool to see that you went through so much effort to try and get your games back. Because I totally get it. These are more than just sentimental things. This is something that's important to you and it means a lot. And it's much more than just a video game. This is a collection. This is something that you want to have a collection of and be able to look back with pride that you bought all this stuff and you can still play it to this day. But this thieving jerk was basically ruining that experience. He was taking your games and deciding, no, I want them for myself. And he was not only doing that to you, he was doing that to everybody on that street. And that is such awful behavior. There's no excuse for the way that kid acted. I mean, I'm even willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. There's always that one dumb kid that steals a game, but then they either give it back and apologize, or they at least feel guilty as a normal human being and vow to never do that ever again because it's wrong. Like, kids are stupid. They're gonna do dumb things and they're gonna steal and do stuff that's stupid. But this kid is not someone you would classify as some dumb kid. He did this on purpose. He did this deliberately and he used you to try and get to your collection. And that is so messed up. That is way worse than taking a game and feeling guilty about it later. I mean, this guy went about this with a purpose. He was gonna take your game and then he was gonna sell it off. But the original poster's plan of action to prevent that from ever happening was genius. Like, this kid was seriously so awesome. He not only had it all organized in a notebook, but he also had a document ready once he found the thieving jerk. This guy waited two years just to get this guy taken care of. Like, that's a whole different level of patience that I would never be able to deal with. So honestly, good for the original poster. If something ever goes missing of mine, I would love to give you a call because you clearly know exactly how to get this going. And hopefully in whatever future career you have, you're able to use these detective skills to better the world around you. Because seriously, what you did was awesome. And that thieving jerk absolutely had it coming. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also, go to amithejerk.com slash submit if you would like to submit your own stories. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Nasty homeowner tried to charge back on the services we provided. So my boss maliciously complied and refused to answer any of their phone calls just to get back at them for not paying them. Here's what happened. So when I was in college almost 20 years ago, I had a summer job working for a small builder. We were building a good sized deck and installing some large boulders around it as landscaping. The guy driving the equipment used to move the boulders backed into the side of the house. A window and part of the wall was destroyed. The corner of the equipment was about a foot inside the living room. The guy we were working for explained everything to the homeowner and promised it would be fixed as soon as possible. He even put it in writing at the homeowner's request. Now, the homeowner was upset, but seemed pretty reasonable and understanding. We were there until 10 o'clock that night, building a temporary wall and covering it with plywood. The owner and the other guy went back the next day to make it look a little nicer. The plan was to order the window and siding and come back to do everything right once we 
we had the supplies. The cost to repair the house was much more than we were paid for the entire deck and landscaping job. Now, the thing is, the homeowner had paid in full with a credit card at the start of the job. So he decided to do a chargeback, saying no goods or services were provided. My boss was angry. He had agreed to every extra thing the homeowner had asked for, which included replacing another unbroken window so they would match, replacing the carpet in the entire room, even though it wasn't really damaged, repainting the entire room, a hallway, and two other rooms that were the same color so they would all match, as well as several other things. However, the next time the homeowner called for an update, the boss told him that he had received the chargeback, saying that no goods or services were provided by him. So, it must have been some other company that did the work. So, he told them to call the other company and stopped answering the homeowner's phone calls. I would like to imagine his malicious compliance worked and it just ended there, and that he got away with only the money lost from the chargeback and not the cost of fixing the house. I'm not sure how it ended, and the summer did end, and I went back to school after that, but I'm sure he fixed the house eventually. Honestly, that's really messed up. I mean, first off, they tried to make everything right. They tried to do exactly what they needed to do to put up a temporary wall to fix the stuff that broke when they had the accident. It wasn't on purpose. It's not like they did it maliciously. So the fact that they would act like that and then try and charge back all the money that they paid to have this done is, in my opinion, unbelievably toxic. I'm also really surprised that insurance of some kind, whether it's business or homeowner's insurance, didn't kick in and cover all the costs to the house. Like, sure, you can put up a temporary wall just to help out, and yeah, it's gonna take a while to get things fixed and paid for, but at least you can start the process and get this all worked out. So hopefully some kind of communication was able to start, because I'm pretty sure what the homeowner did was theft, and they absolutely need to pay up, otherwise there's gonna be problems. My wife is an incorrigible slob who blames me for absolutely everything, and after 14 years of marriage, I'm emotionally numb and I've completely given up. Here's what happened. Honestly, where do I even begin? There are a lot of connected problems that add to this post, so I will do my best to be brief. My wife and I have been together for nearly two decades now, and we've been married for 14 years. Together, we have a 10-year-old son whom we both adore. She's a great mother to him, without question. However, since the beginning, my wife has been a total, complete slob and hoarder. Any chore she starts will get dropped halfway done and not picked up again for days at a time, if not weeks. Every flat surface of our home is covered in things that she can't be bothered to put away or even just get rid of. Her favorite chair never gets used since it's a collecting ground of things that she'll drop there. Her walk-in closet has a six-inch layer of unused clothes carpeting it, and this is since we bought our home six years ago. I could go on and on, but I hope this gives you an idea of what I live in. Of course, this begs the question of my participation in the chores. Now, I'm no angel, and I have my own clutter here and there, but little more than an average lived-in home would. For comparison, once I cleaned off our kitchen table and made respective piles of my mess versus hers, just to make a point, I filled a full-size garbage bag, and then some with what she had on the table. My mess was a shoebox of Warhammer figures, a book, and a mug. I cleaned too, but dealing with her mess is beyond daunting. I've totally gutted and cleaned rooms just to have her bury them within a week. The worst part about it all is the part that has killed me over the years. In her eyes, this is all my fault. These are my messes, despite her owning 99% of everything left around. She will reach past 20 things on a table that she put there that simply don't belong just to grab my one coffee mug and start grumbling about my mess and how she has to do everything. And usually, this is in a passive-aggressive rant to one of our cats about 
about how put upon she is. I mean, come on, she even wanted a deal where I would wash the laundry and she would fold it. I washed most every day, and the pile of unfolded clean laundry in the living room just grew and grew. A couple months of this, and suddenly she says she's taking over washing from me because she's tired of her clothes getting wrinkled on the floor. So I get told I'm at fault for doing my half of a chore while she ignores hers. I just can't argue with her at all. She's gone completely delusional. So I'm just done. I don't care anymore. And I live in abject, numb misery. And this is all with the realization that she will never change. And I will always be her scapegoat. Is there any hope for us? Is there any way I can make her see sense? What should I do? Honestly, this is really embarrassing. And it's such a shame. Because it sounds like you're doing everything you can to try and make this work. But it really seems like your wife is being unreasonable. And that is not okay. Like, that is seriously messed up. She's clearly denying the fact that she causes most of the mess. While also simultaneously trying to blame it on you. As if you're the one that caused all of her mess. Like, it almost sounds like she needs some kind of intervention. But I honestly don't even know what that would look like. Maybe there's like some professional service that might be available. Or maybe there's some kind of therapy that you can both go to to try and work this out. But that's all contingent upon her actually wanting to have something done about this. So truly, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. And hopefully some kind of solution comes about from this. Because the way she's acting is really inappropriate. And this is something that really needs to change as soon as possible. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, check out the playlist at the top of the description. And if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, check out Am I the Genius. Everything will be linked in the description.